Oh. I'm going to close one eye just <laughs> until this thing goes away. Okay. Does anyone know who we're talking about? Anyone get it? Do you, Brandon? Did you get it? I'm not going to pick on you anymore. Okay. Uh, uh, what does a, a snake with a lisp make? Hiss. A uh, hiss. A uh, fell. A hiss. A fell. That's our character for tonight. A hiss. A fell. That's it. Ahithophel. And we're, we're going to talk about who he is and what he is and what he did and what he should have done and some of the things that he uh, got himself into. Uh, rulers of great nations or great rulers know for sure, know, know that the best advice that, anyone, that they can take is having advice from other people. Having people around them, wise counselors, and because anyone who says, I can rule this country or, or rule or govern or whatever without, without counsel, it's just ridiculous. It can't happen if you're going to be a great leader. And um, David had a great reign for the most part, and he had a lot of helpers that, that came into his court, and one of those helpers was Ahithophel. And, and I finally, you know, I, I, I had a hard time for the last couple of quarters saying Ahithophel until I did the little rill, the little hint thing, and now it really helps. Ahithophel. Okay, Ahithophel. Say it 30 times fast, but after class and after, the, after services. So this man, he, he is, uh, he, his home is, is Gilo, town southwest of Judah. He was one of... David's counselors, according to 2 Samuel 15, 12. He was a father of Eliam. He, that was his only son. He served as a member of David's, remember David's 30 valiant men, and Eliam was on, on that, one of those. Um, he, Ahithophel was, was renowned for his wisdom. Renowned. Uh, notice this. He, he gave the advice he gave, or the counsel he gave, was was if one consulted the word of God, he was so wise, and his his advice sounded so sound that people would say, "Well, it has to be from God." He, he he had to be blessed with this with this ability. He had a lot of influence. His reputation uh, was great because he he was a genius at his station. Where wherever he was, he was a genius for the most part. And we'll talk about that in just a little bit. He chief cabinet office in, in the administration of David, if you want to make a, a parallel or a metaphor. He was worth he he was worth a lot for David and then later on for the for, for a while for Absalom. His son, David's son, Absalom, I just said his name, he conspired to bring about a, a, a coup d'etat, if you want to try to spell that, coup d'etat, coup d'etat, uh, to to take the throne from his dad, and we're going to look at some scripture as as this play out and played out in uh, in Second Samuel 15. So I'll give you a chance to get there, an opportunity to get to Second Samuel 15, and we're going to go through a, an account of Ahithophel getting involved in some stuff that he uh, he doesn't need to be involved. So so as we read this, and, and it's it's kind of lengthy. But pay attention, if you will, to what's going on in this account. And, and we start in 7 of 2 Samuel 15. And Absalom has a plan. He's scheming. And, and he says to David 
at the end of four years, Absalom says to the king, so Absalom is, is kind of hanging out, uh, being apologetic for some things he already did. Please let me go and pay my vow, which I have vowed to the Lord in Hebron. For your servant vowed a vow while I lived in Geshur in, in Aram, saying, If the Lord will indeed bring me back to Jerusalem, then I will offer worship to the Lord. David, the king says, Go in peace. Absalom rises. He goes to Hebron. Hebron, and Absalom sent in 10, Absalom sent secret messengers throughout the tribes of Israel saying, as soon as you hear the sound of the trumpet, then say, Absalom is king of Hebron. With Absalom went 200 men from Jerusalem who were invited guests. They went in their innocence and knew nothing. So there's a scheme going on. Absalom is getting ready to try to take the throne from David. He's got men helping him, but he also has people following him who have no clue as to what his plans are. And then 12, he actually does the sacrifices, but then he sent, while he's sending, I mean, offering the sacrifices, verse 12, he sends Ahithophel, the Gilanite, David's counselor from his city, Gilo. The conspiracy grew strong, the peep, and the people with Absalom kept increasing. David's going to find out about this as these people, these fickle people, you think about that. They, they love David, and they've sung about him, and they've prospered under him. And now these fickle people are, are going to follow Absalom. David is going to, uh, I think, yeah, I already did 7 through 12. Look at 13 through 18. And David is going to flee with his palace guard. And we're, we're going we're gonna to see this 13 as we read on. A messenger came to David saying, the hearts of the men of Israel have gone after Absalom. Notice that. The hearts of the men of who? Of Israel. Not just a few people. Not just a few people who think, well, he's, we'll follow him. He, he sounds like he, or he seems like he's got this plan. No. The hearts of the men of Israel. Then David said to all his servants who were with him in Jerusalem, at Jerusalem, arise, let us flee, or else there will be no escape for us from Absalom. Go quickly, lest he overtake us quickly and bring down the ruin on us and strike the city with the edge of the sword. The king's servant said to the king, Behold, your servants are ready to do whatever the, my lord, the king, decides. So the king went out in verse 16 and all his household after him. The king left ten concubines to keep the house. How? Well, I want to make some comments after I do 17 and 18. King went out, all the people after him. They halted at the last house. All his servants passed by him, the, the Cherethites and all the Pelethites, and all the 600 Gittites who fought, had followed him from Gath passed on before the king. How, how not, embarrassing, how humiliating the king is. The king of Israel is, is now fleeing, why? Out of fear from his own son. And, and I don't know, it, it's interesting to me that David, what is David? How, how is he described? He can't build a, he can't build uh, uh, temple, why? He's a fighting man. He's, he's, he's a man of war. David's a fighting man, and he's had great conquests. And so if Absalom is coming after him, and he understands the situation, sometimes you don't stay and fight. Sometimes you strategically withdraw. But, but he's afraid, and they're afraid. The people with him are afraid that they're going to get killed as well. David goes... And we read, um, what's the next one? Yeah, we read that David went weeping. His head's covered. 
His feet are bare because of the humiliation in verse 30 and the shame of the event. He goes weeping. Why would he weep? Why would he weep? I mean, obviously he's emotional. And we can only speculate, but I think he's weeping for for several things. This is my speculation. He's weeping, first of all, for his son coming after him. And I remember, and as parents, you may have experienced this, I remember the first time that one of my children, I mean, and they remember it too, I bet, raised their voice at me. I remember very well what was going on, and I remember very well where where he was sitting, I kind of give you a hint, and I was standing, and he turned around and he raised his voice at me. And yes, he paid for it, <laughs> but after, after the, the, the stun, I was stunned, and after that wore off a little bit, then we, kinda, we had a little talk. But I remember that it hurt me. I, I, it caused me emotional pain for my child to yell at me, to be angry at me and express that. And maybe you've experienced that as a, as a parent, those, those three terrible, terrible words that a child can say to their parents, I hate you, is awful, awful feeling. And so David is ex- maybe experiencing this, I believe he is, with Absalom, not just I hate you, but I'm coming after you. And I've got soldiers who are bloodthirsty, and I am coming after you. And, I, and, and so that's one reason I think that he's weeping. Uh, and, and then he's weeping possibly for his people. He's got to take them and he, their humiliation. And I, and I appreciate what David does. He stands at a place and he watches his people go. And then he kind of takes up the rear. But David is told in verse 31, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. How do you think the, he felt when his chief counselor, he finds out his chief counselor is among one of the conspirators? So what's his reaction? Well, he plays. It, he realizes that Absalom will probably win this fight. Why? Because he realizes that Ahithophel is with Absalom and Ahithophel is, is a genius. He's a good counselor. So David prays. Look at what he prays for in, in verse 31. Oh Lord, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. Why would he pray? Why would he do this? Well, Ahithophel has some great qualities, great talents, great abilities, but David knows in his heart of hearts that God can turn this around, that God can turn it around. And so he prays. But that's not all. While he's, so after the prayer, David comes up with a strategy. He's going to send Hushai, the archite. Well, let's just read 32 and 34 of 2 Samuel 15. While David was coming to the summit where God was worshipped, behold, Hushai, the archite, came to meet him with his coat torn and dirt on his head. What does that mean? 
someone in scripture, they, they suffer a great loss. What do they do? What did Job do? Um, he, he tears his robe when he finds that. He just tears his clothes. And over and over again, even in the New Testament, when priests uh, hear, when high priests and, and uh, religious leaders hear some of the stuff that Jesus says and they don't agree, they tear their robes. They tear their clothes out of, out of emotional strife. And so Hushai has done this. David says to him, if you go on with me, you will be a burden to me, which is not very nice to hear, I don't think. But if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, O king, as I have been your father's servant in time past, so now I will be your servant, and then you will defeat for me the counsel of Ahithophel. In other words, what does he, he doesn't, he's not sending away because he doesn't want Hushai around. What's he doing? He's got a plan. He's got a plan. Hushai is, is key to this plan. And so David has a plan, and he's going to send Hushai to Ahithophel, and, and, and Hushai is going to worm his way, if you would, into the situation, into Absalom's presence. And then there's a recommendation. He says, now we go, now we go to, uh, well, Samuel... For Samuel 21, um, 2 Samuel 21, Ahithophel says to Ab Absalom, go into your father's house to your father's concubines whom he has left to keep the house. So you might read this and think, well, you know, just go in there and whatever. But th th this, is an, this is a sexual situation and, and it is... It's terrible advice, but it's going to have, it's disgusting advice. And, and this would be, remember how many concubines David had left. When he left, he left 10, 10 concubines to do what? To take care of the house. And, and everyone knows that they're there. This is a palace. It's not just a house. It's a palace where the king lives. And so this would be, this would show Absalom's claim to the throne. It, it's going to be humiliating for David. It's going to be embarrassing and so once he does this, once Absalom does pay, uh, follows this advice, then, then it's done. Because a new king would, would inherit the, the previous king's wives. We talked about that. Uh, not, you know, what, what happens when a king dies? Um, where do the wives go? And so they most likely would inherit it. And so David would be alienated from Absalom. There would be no uh, reconciliation. Notice this, 2 Samuel 16, 21, the latter part. And all Israel will hear that you have made yourself a stench to your father. The hands of all who are with you will be strengthened. You're going to embarrass him. You're going to humiliate him. You're, and everyone's going to know about it. You go into those concubines and spend time with them. And it's going to give your dad a, a black eye. Yes. Um, 2 Samuel 12, 11. <laughs> so, <laughs> thank you. No, 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 that's good, though. And so God says through Nathan, I will raise up evil against you out of your own house and I will take your wives before your eyes and give them to your neighbor. He shall lie with your wives in the sight of the sun. Why would this happen? What, what, what was God saying? 
I mean, why would he, why would he um, um, give this punishment to David? What was the situation? Yeah. Yeah, because David had sinned with Bathsheba. And he would... Yeah. Yeah. So David, David has committed murder, and or he was he's guilty of, of of murder because he had people commit murder. He sinned with Bathsheba. He's repented. Remember that he he repented, but still there are consequences, and this is one of them. Behold, I will raise up against you evil against you out of your own house. So here comes Absalom. And, and, and it's coming to fruition. Leviticus 18.8 8, You shall not uncover the nakedness of your father's wife. It is your father's nakedness. What you're doing to these women. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it, this is a terrible, terrible thing to, uh, for, for Absalom to do. And then we read in 16.22 They pitched a tent for Absalom where? It's not private. It's on the roof. It's on the roof. Roof. And Absalom went into his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. That's brazen. That's audacious. And, it, and it, it, again, all is done to all is done to make David. Humiliated to 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 kind of stake his claim, mark his territory, and um, and so that's that's Ahithophel's. I mean, he he turned a dark corner, and uh, and and just and got Absalom, you know, going the wrong way. But Absalom is very willing to do this. Um, okay, so second re recommendation. Ahithophel wants to take 1,200 choice soldiers. He wants to pursue and kill David. And I say that, 2 Samuel 17. We're going we're gonna to go through some verses there if you want to get there. So just turn over a couple pages or a page or so. 2 Samuel 17. And 1 through 4, I'm going to read that in this account. Ahithophel says to Absalom, let me choose 12,000 men. Did I say? Yeah, 12,000. And I will arise, pursue David tonight. I will come upon him while he, was, while he is weary and discouraged and throw him into a panic. All the people who are with him will flee. I will strike down only the king. And I will bring back all the people to you as a bride comes home to her husband. You seek the life of only one man and all the people will be at peace. And the advice seemed right in the eyes of of Absalom and all the elders. First, a couple of things are happening. What's Ahithophel's motivation? What's his, what do you think his true motivation is? If <laughs> is Ahithophel a man of war? No, he, he, he's cerebral. He, he's a man, he's a thinking man. And he's a, he's a man that gives advice for a living. But he's not a fighting man. But what does he want to do? Take 12,000 choice men and lead this army, this small army, to pursue David. 
Who wants, who does he say, and then I'm going to send the choice, I'm going to send the best soldier, I'm going to send the guy with the most skill, and I'm going to have him kill David. How does Ahithophel put that? I, I will come upon him when he's weary and discouraged and throw him to a panic, and I will, I, and I will strike down, I will strike down the only king. So Ahithophel is, he has this plan, and it's all about Ahithophel. However, the, the, the thing that sounded good to Absalom, a couple of things, I believe. David's going to die. It's good for Absalom. And people aren't going to die. People aren't going to get killed. Why would that be important? Why would that sound good to Absalom? He's, he's not going to punish these people for following David, which they've done. He, he wants them as his people. So Absalom's not going to, you know, Absalom's after his dad, Ahithophel makes that point. You only want one man. Let me kill him personally, it sounds like. And then, and then you'll have all those other people under you. And I think Absalom might have had some confidence in this. Why would he have, conf why would he have confidence? Because he's already turned a lot of people against David in a short amount of time. And so it seems like he has confidence. I'll, I'll turn them oh, you know, on my side as well. Everyone's going to be spared. But Hushai's around. Hushai has, has made his way, just like David asked him to, into the presence of the king. And Absalom makes a decision. Absalom makes a decision to seek the advice of Hushai. He's also in this situation. And so Hushai discredits the plan of Absalom. He says it's unsound. He, Do you think Ahithophel's plan would have worked? Well, I mean, you can speculate on this. Sounded good. It most likely would have worked. And David seemed to know that if Ahithophel is in Absalom's presence and, and working for him, he's got good plans. I, I think it would have worked. Ahithophel is a thinking man. Strategist. And so I think that David was afraid that it would work since Hushai, and, um, and he says, uh, he comes up with this grandiose plan, and, and Absalom would what? Look, look, at, look at verses 11 and 12 of 2 Samuel 17. But my counsel is that all Israel be gathered to you from Dan to Beersheba, as the sand by the sea for multitude, and that you go and go to battle in person, verse 12, so we shall come upon him in some place where he is to be found, and we shall light upon him as the dew falls on the ground, and of him and all the men with him, not one will be left. What's, that, what's Ahithophel's plan? Let's go now. Go now. We're, we're, we're ready. Let's do it. Let's strike while the iron's hot. You might use that, that idiom. What's Hushai's plan? Let's get everybody together. How many? Not 12,000. But what would that look like? In Hushai's description, what would that look like? How does he describe all of these people that he's planning on getting together? Look at it again.
as the dew, we shall light upon him as the dew falls on the ground. And, and in other words, this is going to be a huge undertaking. Why would this, why would David encourage Hushai to come up with this, to, to tell uh, Absalom this plan? Again, 12,000 men were ready to go. Let's go. No, organize everyone. How long is that going to take? From all Israel, organize everyone. And it's going to take time to get all these people together throughout the land. And then what will that give David? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Give them time to organize or get away. Second Samuel seventeen sixteen. Therefore, send quickly and tell David, do not stay tonight at the fords of the wilderness, but by all means passed over. Why? Lest the king and all the people who are with him be swallowed up. Here's some warning. You got advance warning. Get out while you can. <laughs> in back in, in 1714, you have this statement, Absalom and all the men of Israel said, the council of Hushai is better than the council of Ahithophel. Oh, that sounds great. Here he wanted just 12,000 men and, and he wants the glory. And Hushai says, don't let Ahithophel go and kill him yourself. He says, what? Why don't you go and kill him? You're the, you want to be king. And how would that look? Public relations-wise, uh, how would that look? You, you kill David, and then you will be the one who killed David. You're the one who. You're the one who who should be doing this. It sounds like that's what Hushai is telling David. I mean Absalom, and Absalom says, oh, "That's that's a good idea. That's a good idea." Well, what's really happening? What's really happening? Yeah, and th and that's what the rest of fourteen says. For the Lord God, for the Lord had ordained to defeat the council of Ahithophel, so that the Lord might bring harm upon Absalom. In other words, what David prayed? What was his prayer? Let the advice of Ahithophel, let his plan, let his counsel be turned into foolishness. Was it a foolish plan? Well, in a sense, yes. It was going against God's will, and it was a crime, and he, and he had already come up with some terrible things for Absalom to do, but it was a good plan. I mean, this 12,000 men thing. But when, when Hushai came, he made it look foolish. It was an answer to prayer. And so God, the Lord, had ordained. So the, the result, Ahithophel realizes, notice this in 2 Samuel 17, 23. Ahithophel saw that his counsel was not followed. All right. He saddled his donkey and went off home to, home to his own city. Now, that, that makes sense. He set his house in order, and then he hanged himself and was buried in the tomb of his father. See, I'll make, that makes sense. Get out of there. I mean, not, not the hanging part to me, but get out of there. Get home. Get some stuff, and then get out, get out of there. But it, who, who all went with Ahithophel? 
according to this scripture. No one. Ahithophel is always surrounded. He's, he's part of David's uh, entourage, and he's always part of David, and people are always around him. He's in Absalom's, he is, he, he is Absalom's audience, or Absalom is his audience for a while, and he's surrounded by people. Ahithophel, now he realizes, not a good idea. This thing that I, this plan is terrible, and it's not going to go well for me. I'm going to go home, set my house in order, and end this before what? What was the danger? What was he thinking? Man, if David gets a hold of me, it's going to be slow, most likely. Slow and painful or humiliate, whatever. Whatever he was thinking, he goes and he kills him. See, he, sees, he sees disaster. He fears reprisal. And maybe, just maybe, and then again, it's speculation, he was embarrassed. He, he should have been. His plan didn't work. I th- I maybe he uh, his pride was wounded. His advice. Now, remember, remember who Ahithophel is. Who is his son? Iliam. What's Iliam? One of one of David's fighting men. Eliam, you might say. David's 35 mighty men. David has Uriah killed. Why would this matter? 2 Samuel 11.3, David sent and inquired about the woman, Bathsheba. Is, is not this Bathsheba the daughter of Eliam, Ahithophel's son, you, you, you kind of see, don't you, the, the connection? Oh, wait, I wanted to look Samuel 23, 34. Uh, Elif- the son of Ahashbi of Makkah, Eliam, the son of Ahithophel, the Gilanite. Eliam, Eliam, whatever you want, however you want to say it. The son of Ahithophel. The father, so Ahithophel is who to Bathsheba? The grandfather. If your granddaughter had been humiliated, like like, and 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 shame had been brought on her, would you forget that? You you would never forget that. And I don't know if if you would ever forgive the person who brought the shame on him. And I don't know if Ahithophel had this plan, had this idea the whole time that he was giving counsel to David. I don't know if that's the case, if he had this plan. But it might explain why he was so willing to get on Absalom's side. And it might be that David's tainting Bathsheba's name. It played a large role. Might have been. And so you, you have this phrase, sweet revenge. And this is not sweet, but it sounds like it might be him trying to avenge, avenge, and get revenge. Possibly. But I, I think that if I were the grandfather, definitely. And, and I think that if I were Eliam, Iliam, I mean, th- th- there's a bond there. You got, you got your dad, you got your daughter. Uriah's daughter. I mean, Uriah's wife is, his, is Eliam's daughter. And here it is. Uh, maybe they can't forget. Some lessons, some lessons. But 
we, we need to understand that we have friends in the church. We have friends in our lives, but the, but the, but the best friends, the most, the, the, uh, the most loyal friends that we should have, most likely, the way that it's supposed to work in the church is our brother, are our brothers and sisters. The most loyal friends should be our brothers and sisters. But what if we treat them harshly? Then you got to get past some things. And if you treat someone harshly, a friend, whether they're Christian or not, you can pretty much expect that there won't be that much loyalty involved in that relationship. That's, that's one lesson. I'm, I'm going through the lessons. What else do we see? What about, God's, what about God's providence in this situation? What about God's providence? You see a prayer being said. You see a prayer being answered. You see God's plan being played out. And yeah, Hushai was involved in it, but, but we saw in Scripture God was working. And we need to understand, we can pray for things and expect things for God to work. I don't know if David... I'm not sure. I don't know if Scripture says that David said, Hushai, you tell him this. David just said, get in there and do something. Get in there and work. Whatever, however you want to make this work, you say whatever you need to. And then this, this idea of David's house falling into ruin and there, be, there being strife and, and his wife's being taken, taken away from him. Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked for whatever one sows, that will he also reap. That's a law. That's a spiritual law, isn't it? You mess up, you sin, and you can ask forgiveness. Just like David repented, got forgiveness. But there might be consequences that we have to pay for for the rest of our lives. Possibly. What else do we see? We, we see Absalom. He's young. He's a rebel. And, he's, and he is messing up his family. Out of what? Out of greed. Out of pride. Um, whatever. Whatever's causing. We need, to, we need to see that and be, be weary of, wary of, not weary, but wary of what we're doing. Are we, are we bringing disgrace to, to our Christian family or whatever and whatever we're doing foolishly? All right, here we go. We are to be revulsed. You know what revulsed is? To experience revulsion, I have a picture up there, a sense of utter distaste or repugnance. That's a little kid, it seems to be very revulsed. But when we think about sin and we think about what Absalom did, and it was revulsive. Repulsive, revulsive, whatever you want. It was terrible, and we need to see things like that as terrible. As terrible. And so, I mean, it was distasteful. And it was treacherous. And Ahithophel was a trusted friend. And I think that's, and I, and I didn't say that, but, but I, I think that might be why David cried. Finally, this last scripture, the selflessness, the sinfulness for, for the commandments, the selfishness, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not commit murder, and then you shall love your neighbor as yourself. That's the last uh, thought that we have. People hurt themselves just to show people, teach them a lesson. When someone hurts themselves, it hurts other people, most likely worse than themselves, to the point of when someone takes their own life, it is devastating, obviously, to, to the family. Thank you for uh, your attention, and people are coming in. Uh, at least that class is.